we've heard about the Sermon on the Mount, right? Where Jesus went up a mountainside and began to teach his disciples. A lot of good stuff in there. He started out with the Beatitudes and in, and included in those are things that we would consider negative circumstances in which God blesses us to be poor in spirit, sorrowing, those who hunger and thirst, those persecuted when they insult you. It ends with Jesus giving a great reminder of encouragement and why we are here in the first place. He said, be glad and rejoice for your reward is great in heaven. They persecuted the prophets before you in the very same way. So let's realize that down here on earth, we aren't tw- we aren't happy 24-7 and doing cartwheels. No, that's not how it works. We're in a bit of a struggle from time to time down here. Sometimes with easy problems, sometimes severe. But whatever it is, it's all necessary in order for us to be refined and purified going through the process in order to enter heaven. Jesus tells the disciples and us that we are the salt and light of the world to stand up and spread the word of God in order to help convert the people that we meet as we plant seeds and then water as God makes grow. Jesus continues to say, Do not think I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. You see, Jesus knew the Old Testament and quoted it often to his followers. He never excluded it. Rather, he included it in his teaching to verify and substantiate the weight of God's message. In this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus also gave the Pharisees and the scribes a shot. He definitely wasn't fond of them at all. He said, I tell you, unless your holiness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. You see, the scribes and Pharisees played a lot of pretend. They did a lot of things for show in order to tell everybody, hey, look at me. I'm so special. I do all the right things outwardly, but the problem is inwardly they were empty. The instruction to become more holy was for them and us to hear. And what is holiness? Simply to become more godly in your thoughts, words, and deeds. To more and more imitate and follow our Lord Jesus Christ. To become more like him. To follow in his footsteps. Because he truly is our role model. After Jesus, after this, uh, Jesus then upped the bar on some of the basic sins that were taught in the Old Testament, warning us against harboring anger that can very easily turn to hatred and violence. That's why he said, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift at the altar Go first to be reconciled with your brother and then come back and offer your gift. So let's clean the slate. Don't let ill feelings fester between you and another. Be the peacemaker, as the Beatitudes talk about. Settle the storm 
before it becomes a hurricane or a tornado, destroying everything in its path. Another sin that Jesus upped the bar with was adultery, saying that anyone who looks lustfully at a woman has already committed adultery with her in his thoughts. Yeah, let's not think we can use our imagination for incredible secretive lust and get away with it. Thinking nobody sees, nobody knows, no harm, no foul. No, it doesn't work that way because God sees everything. You, you think you're going to get over on God. Really? That ain't never going to happen. So we all need to clean up our thoughts and the way we think. Let's pray to God every day to control our thoughts, words, and deeds. Ask for help to bulldoze all that scum out of your brain. Because the thoughts in your head eventually manifest in our words and actions. It will show through one way or the other. It will. Don't kid yourself. Jesus then talks a little hyperbole saying if your right eye is your trouble, then gorge it out. If your right hand is your trouble, then cut it off. He says doing these things is much better than being thrown into Guiana, like weeds being hurled into the blazing furnace, or non-believers being hurled into the lake of fire. Hey, that's nothing to play around with. These final consequences of your sins and, and of your disbelief are incredibly brutal and devastating. You want no part of that. So shouldn't we take Jesus' advice and in the process become more and more holy, more and more like Jesus, and not like the way of the world, people? See how that works? The next topic that Jesus talks about is divorce. In years gone by, Moses gave permission for divorce as long as you gave the woman a decree of divorce, papers to spell out everything, freeing her and her husband of the commitment that they once gave. Well, Jesus changed that also. He said, everyone who divorces his wife, lewd conduct is a separate case, forces her to commit adultery. The man who marries a divorced woman likewise commits adultery. Yeah, God definitely hates divorce. In order to avoid divorce, it takes three from the very start. It takes the man, the wife, and God Almighty. You have to put him in the equation to make it work and to be able to handle what's coming your way. How many times have I heard the woman say that my husband is my cross to bear and vice versa? Let's face it. Both of you are each other's cross to bear in any relationship. That's just the way it goes. It's very difficult to live together and see each other's face every day for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Who's anybody kidding? It's just the truth. But just because there are setbacks and disappointments and arguments and fights, it doesn't give you, give you the okay to break off that commitment, to break that covenant between you and your spouse. Because when you break that, you're also breaking it with the Lord. And we just can't do that with God in your life. You'll get through anything, including a rocky up-and-down marriage. Just hang in there. The storm will pass. 
Now, the next thing Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount is swearing when giving a promise or oath to some of some kind. When you attach the phrase, swear to God, swear to God on something, you, you say that at the end. He says, we should stop doing that because it's totally unnecessary since a Christian never should lie anyway. He should say no when he means no and yes when he means yes. There's no need to swear. And then people ask, well, what about swearing in the courtroom? Uh, do, do you swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God? Well, people have different opinions on that one, but I, but I believe it's actually not required by law to swear before you give testimony. I believe you can simply say, I affirm to tell the truth. Yeah, that sounds much better. I don't want to brag, but yes, I am God of this world. I call the shots to give everybody instant satisfaction and pleasure. Never mind how temporary it may be. I would like to give out an award today. An Oscar, if you will. A Beelzebub for best liar with a straight face. Destroying others while building up yourself. Having delusions of godhood. Destroying the United States. And for pretending to lead with a clear defective brain. The nominees are Dr. Grouchy, Bill Hates, Klaus Slob, George Moros, and Joe Hyden. And the winner is... There must be some mistake. It says all of the above. This decision cannot stand. If nobody wants this Beelzebub award, then I'll accept it. Since I motivate all wicked evildoers to do what they do. I'd like to thank the Academy, my demons and fallen angels. I'd like to thank my... Yeah, this is Don't Bring Up God. <clears throat> We're here every Sunday morning from 8 to 9. My name is Robert with the board guy as usual. If you want to give a buzz, give a call at 610-720-7900. Anything that's on your mind is permissible. That's 610-720-7900. Jesus then on this Sermon on the Mount he, he then addresses the statement, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, first and foremost, this was for the judicial system only, where the sentence should not be below or exceed the extent of the crime. It was not meant for interpersonal relationships where somebody would do something to you and right away you'd have to get back at them. I'm going to treat him exactly the way he treats me. But is that the way Jesus taught? No, it wasn't. What about forgiveness and ignoring an offense and letting it slide? 
What about showing mercy to somebody and letting certain things go? What about showing a non-believer how Christians behave by giving them an example of what God expects of us, by showing them compassion and kindness to the point where maybe it may rub off to rub off on them, where they will be taken aback by your forgiving Christian behavior, and then as a result may start to imitate you and change their own behavior. Because if you're just going to give evil back to evil, you're just perpetrating the system. Nothing's going to change. Now, does that mean you don't defend yourself when real danger is afoot? No, it doesn't. By all means, defend yourself and protect yourself when necessary. But when you're dealing with a passing insult or somebody stealing a $4 shirt or hat from you, Let's not have daggers in our eyes and vow to get back at them and to hit them harder than they hit you. That's the action of a non-believer and a non-Christian, somebody who strictly lives by the way of the world. Which way do you live? Handle things in the most amicable way possible. And if you have to take a hit from time to time, then so be it. It's not the end of the world. Jesus continued with his disciples and said, we must love our enemies and pray for our persecutors. Now, who does that? We're trained to just hate our enemies and nothing less will do. You got to get back at them and show some revenge as soon as possible, right? But Jesus said no. Jesus says, pray for your enemies and wish them the best that they ultimately convert to, to the Word of God. Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what merit is there in that? You see, Jesus' message is against the grain. It's against our human nature. It's against our first impulse to react in a particular situation. That's why we have to catch ourselves and say, no, 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 no. I know that's what I want to do. But that's not what I'm going to do because God and Jesus are telling me something different to do what most people would do in that situation. A lot of times is, is a negative behavior, but we can't fall for that. We can't go that way. We need to do what Jesus would do. WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? This is the mentality that we all need to have. To be a true servant and ambassador of God Almighty. Isn't that, what we, isn't that what we live for? Well, if it's not, then you must rearrange your priorities if you take the Bible seriously. And if you take being a Christian seriously. I remember in college I met this kid who was very humble, kind, and considerate. But at the time, I just thought he was stupid and naive. Because I was more cutthroat looking after number one. And he wasn't looking after number one. He seemed to have a different set of rules that he adhered to, which I later appreciated as behaving like a Christian. Childhood star shed, always stay humble and kind. We got to remind ourselves of this. Go to church because your mom assisted. Visit Grandpa every chance that you can. 
won't be wasted time Always stay humble and kind Yeah, this college kid, he allowed people around him to benefit. And he was the one that took a back seat living without certain benefits. But he was okay with that because he had some kind of inner spirit within him guiding him to be obedient to the word of God. Something at the time I did not understand at all. Thank God I now do. Jesus also discourages people from showing off who will only do something good for another if they're seen doing it. They want total credit if they're going to do if they're going to go out of their way for somebody, for anybody, they want to get rewarded. Is this the way Jesus wants us to act? Does he want us to have these ulterior motives? Does he? I don't think so. Because he clearly says, keep your deeds of mercy secret. And your father who sees in secret will repay you. So if you get accredited and applauded for your good behavior by your fellow man, then that's all you're going to get. And as a result, miss out on what God could have given you. Remember, we behave according to the Bible for God's sake, in his name, not for any other reason. Jesus also relates to this to uh, prayer, as he says, when you are praying, do not behave like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in synagogues or churches or on street corners, for that matter, in order to be noticed. Whenever you pray, go to your room, close your door, and pray to your Father in private. So it goes back to motive again. Why are you doing what you do? Is it just for show? Because if it is, then you might as well not even bother doing it. Private prayer is best, but that's not to say that community prayer with groups of people is bad. No, you can do both. Just be sincere when you do. And when you do, just don't rattle off words like Jesus says, the sheer multiplication of words. Just babbling along, not even listening to what you're saying. It's better to say one hour father as you listen to each word with dedication as opposed to saying 50 without even paying attention. Just rote repeating and reciting for no apparent reason. Let's have the quality and don't worry about the quantity. And as a reminder, the best way we can pray is by reciting that our Father that Jesus himself gave us. That's the most important prayer because it came right from Jesus' mouth. Don't ever put other prayers religions give you above the our Father. A prayer that stresses forgiveness Because as Jesus says, if you forgive the faults of others, your heavenly Father will forgive you yours. If you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive you. 
Now, fasting is also briefly mentioned in this Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus instructs us to keep that secret also. Don't attempt to show people how great you are by telling them that you're fasting and looking so beleaguered doing it. Now, in fact, we need to do the contrary. Nobody needs to know anything about what you're doing. Jesus tells us to hide it because he says, your father who sees what is hidden will repay you. Again, we do things for the sake of God in his name and not for our fellow man or even ourselves. Jesus tells tells us to store up heavenly treasures and not earthly treasures where moths and rust can corrode it and thieves break in and steal it. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Jesus reminds us that no man can serve two masters. You cannot give yourself to God and money. So stop worrying about your livelihood 24-7. Later on in Matthew, Jesus says, not a single sparrow falls to the ground without your father's consent. As for you, every hair of your head has been counted. So do not be afraid of anything. You are worth more than an entire flock of sparrows. So God will take care of us if we let him, if we trust him to get us through any trial and tribulation that comes our way. God provides for all these animals and fish and birds and insects. You don't think he can provide for you? In a much greater way? Of course he will. But only if you're humble enough to ask for the help and believe in who Jesus is, what he said, and what he did. God and Jesus, they make so many promises in that Bible. You think they're going to welsh on a, on a promise? No, never. It just wouldn't happen. Here's another quote from Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? So let's all agree to stop worrying. Can we do that? Yeah, I think we can. Because otherwise, we're just showing our lack of faith. Jesus says, Your heavenly Father knows all that you need. Seek first his kingship over you, his way of holiness, and all these things will be given you besides. Because when we're connected with God, many things fall our way. Because now God, through the Holy Spirit, is telling us what to do and what not to do. He wants to give in order for us to receive. That's the paramount thing there. To, to concern yourself with, with. It's just paramount as we still do our due diligence and stay active and productive along the way. It's another day above ground for me, Fred, my wife, and her 17-year-old princess cat who will probably outlive the both of us. Maybe I should put her in my will. I was never too fond of cats, but hey, the things I do for love and the things God does for me. I'd be pushing up daisies long ago if it wasn't for him. As I look back, he has gotten me through so much trouble in my life. I can see clearly now and I'm grateful, even though we'll never fully know all that God has done for us. From cradle to coffin, 
Thank God for God. And yes, I'm even grateful for the cat, even though she sheds all the time. On my couch, no less. Martha, Martha, get in here. I told you to keep her off the couch. Hey, cat, get off of my couch. Get off my couch. Look at her. She doesn't move. I'm talking to myself here. Martha, Martha, where are you? Oh, the things I do for love. The things I do for love. Hey, this is Don't Bring Up God. As I said, my name is Robert. I'm here with the board guy. Anyone that wants to give a buzz, the number is 610-720-7900. I heard this little saying not long ago. I said, or it said, a true Christian is about receiving and not necessarily achieving. Being humble once again to ask, to cry out, and to call out for God's help and assistance. We're not to live life and achieve and excel or attempt to do so without God Almighty. We're not to do it on our own. That's not what a Christian is all about. If you exclude God in your quest to be wealthy, one day your house will fall. It just will. Because you're missing out. You're missing the most important ingredient in making your cake. And that's God Almighty steering your ship and protecting and directing you along the way. If you exclude God, then God will exclude you. And you don't want that. That's no way to live. You're, you're never, you'll, you'll never find the uh, true love, peace, happiness, and joy that God promises. It will just never happen without God. Jesus continues to talk to his disciples and say, that if you want to avoid judgment, stop passing judgment on others. That the verdict you place on others will be the verdict placed on you. And then something we've all heard before, why look at the speck in your brother's eye when you miss the plank in your own? So let's all definitely look, definitely look in the mirror first and foremost. Don't worry about anybody else when it comes to your relationship with God and Jesus. When you're true to God, then everything else will take care of itself. Everything will fall into place as we get right with ourselves first before we attempt to assist another. Here's another quote from Jesus. Do not give what is holy to dogs or toss your pearls before swine. They will trample them underfoot at best and perhaps even tear you to shreds like those pigs in the movie Hannibal. But yes, some people just don't want to hear about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They want nothing to do with the Bible. So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to attempt to force feed the information down their throat? That's not going to work. You're just going to antagonize them to create more of a hatred towards God and towards you. You don't want to be around when fists start to be thrown. You don't want your pretty face to be damaged, do you? So no, when you're not wanted, then leave the premises or at least shut your trap when others tell you to. Don't beat a dead horse. It won't work. Just close your mouth and pray for those who disbelieve. Pray that one day they change their ways for their sake and the people around them. Jesus says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, 
knock and it will be open to you. Now, if you come with a sincere, contrite heart to Jesus, do you think there's any chance of, of him rejecting you? He's going to welcome you with open arms. Expect nothing less. If a degenerate, for example, sees the errors of his ways and finally realizes that he has to change, getting on his knees to ask Jesus to show him the way, then Jesus will be right there to help, save, and rescue. That's his job. He's waiting for this opportunity to do this for you. But he can't do it without your permission. You need to use your freedom of choice to go his way. And at that point, he will begin to redeem you, where he'll begin the process in you to change and become a child of God, letting you know what that exactly means as he will renew you and refresh you and revamp you to the point where you will become a new man and a new woman. This is what the Bible clearly spells out. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? But we can't do it ourselves in order to talk the talk and walk the walk, which is much more important. We need the help and power of the Holy Spirit as we're saved through faith by grace, by the grace of God, by the help of God. We will be restored into his image and likeness. And that's the end game for all of us. At least it should be. Here's another great quote from Jesus himself. Treat others the way you would have them treat you. This sums up the law and the prophets. He goes on and says, Enter through the narrow gate. That The gate that leads to damnation is wide. The road is clear and many choose to travel it. But how narrow is the gate that leads to life? How rough the road and how few there are who find it. So are you going to be one of those who find it? I hope so. It's all up to you. It's your choice. Jesus continues by warning us of false prophets in sheep's clothing who underneath are wolves on the prowl. He says, we'll know them by their deeds, not by their words, but their deeds, their actions, by their walk. Because as he says, any sound tree bears good fruit, while a decayed tree bears bad fruit. So let's not get suckered in by false preachers with false information. That's not what we need to be imitating having the false security of being saved on our way to heaven because it's not going to work. Jesus assures us that many will plead with me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not exercised demons, demons by its power? Did we not do miracles in your name as well? Then I will declare to them solemnly, solemnly I never knew you out of my sight you evildoers, man, that's not where you want to be. We want to work for God in a legit way. Let's not lie to ourselves and others. Let's not be fake and front in any way. Let's be students of truth and honesty, which we only can do by being a student of God Almighty.
and Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. Now, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us to put everything that he instructs us to do into practice. Because as we know, faith without works is as dead as the body without breath. When we put it into practice, we essentially build our house on rock. Jesus says when the winds start to blow and the torrents come, it will not collapse. Unlike a house that's built on sand, which will just blow away and wash away like a leaf down a river. The last two sentences of this Sermon on the Mount teaching, which we find in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, are Jesus finished his discourse and left the crowd spellbound at his teaching. The reason was that he taught with authority and not like their scribes. And this is speaking and this speaking with confidence and authority is very important. He can do that because he has God and the word of God on his side. So it's easy to do. I wish more of the preachers Pastors and priests would speak more like Jesus did. None of none of this wimpy, beating around the bush, timid stuff, while all along avoiding the major issues of the day. You can't pick and choose what you're going to preach and talk about to the flock because the flock is hungry and, and needs to know the truth, not your truth or your religion's truth, but the God of the Bible truth. That's what we rely on, and that's what we trust and believe. A real Christian would agree to that. Not these dormant Christians in name only. What good are they? They're like stuffed shirts or lifeless, faceless, backboneless mannequins. Being that way isn't going to help yourself or anybody else. So let's make a move to rectify the situation as soon as possible. You can do it. Jesus is waiting for you because he wants to use you. Yeah, you heard me. Jesus wants to use you. And at the moment, you're not letting him. What do you you say we change that? By making a decision to go his way. To allow him to lead you as you follow. Living by faith and not by sight. And don't say to yourself that, oh, I've heard all this stuff before. It's the same old nonsense. Well, you may have heard it all before, but you never did anything about it. You let it go in one ear and out the other, didn't you? Well, let's clog up that one ear so what goes in this time stays in your brain this time. What do you say? Can we do that? And just see then how your life and purpose change. See how your motivation and enthusiasm change. See how love takes hold of you and breathes as you really do become a new man and a new woman, or a new teenager, or or a new old fogey. Take your pick. I don't want to brag, but yes, I am God of this world. I call the shots. 
to give everybody instant satisfaction and pleasure. Never mind how temporary it may be. I would like to give out an award today. An Oscar, if you will. A Beelzebub for best liar with a straight face. Destroying others while building up yourself. Having delusions of godhood. Destroying the United States. And for pretending to lead with a clear defective brain. The nominees are Dr. Grouchy, Bill Hates, Klaus Slob, George Moros, and Joe Hyden. And the winner is... There must be some mistake. It says all of the above. This decision cannot stand. If nobody wants this Beelzebub award, then I'll accept it. Since I motivate all wicked evildoers to do what they do. I'd like to thank the Academy, my demons and fallen angels. I'd like to thank my... This is, once again, Don't Bring Up God. We're here every Sunday from 8 to 9 on the great WAEB, 790 AM. The phone number, if you want to buzz, is 610-720-7900. Hey, board guy, I asked this before. I, I didn't know the name or the artist. I still really don't remember it. But that young stud country singer who sang about Thank God when him and his wife were singing together. You know what I mean, right? You remember. I know your memory's a lot better than mine. But that song is so awesome. They should play that every 10 minutes on on every station. Because it's so sincere and lovely and meaningful. You know what I'm talking about, right, BG? What's his name? Uh, yeah, if, if I don't write it down, I, I got to uh, I got to guess and I got to pause for at least fifty seconds before it enters my brain. But again, I'm relying on the board guy. Here it is. Now listen to this. Enjoy it. I was lost. You found a way to bring me back. Needed forgiveness. You always gave me that Girl, I'm a witness of your looks You don't be giving up And it's crazy How you saved me Hand on the Bible Don't know how I got you But I couldn't ask for more Girl, what we got's worth thanking God for So thank God I get to wake up by your side And thank God your hand fits perfectly in mine Thank God you love me when you didn't have to But you did and you do and he knew Thank God for giving me you Thank God, thank God for giving me you Never thought I'd find an angel undercover Made a change to 
Now this song, this song is uh, sang by Kane Brown, thanks to the board guy. Girl, what we got's worth thanking God for. So thank God I get to wake up by your side. Thank God your hand fits perfectly in mine. Thank God you love me when you didn't have to, but you did, and you do, and He knew. Thank God for giving me you. And the reason I brought this song up is because I went to a wedding yesterday and i have a lot to say about it and if we have time i'll get to it if not i'll talk about it next week but we got a call at 610-720-7900 who's this hey robert what's up what's up barry you tell me hey, uh, i want to tell you that jesus, jesus totally loves you he loves you jesus I, I loves know. me yeah, he loves you. Everyone else thinks you're a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the truth sometimes, but I appreciate the message, and I, I believe he loves you also. How's that? That's uh, pretty good. What's new and exciting? What's new and exciting? You t- Again, yeah. you tell me. I'm 63. Nothing much changes for me. All right. When's your birthday? <sighs> Does it matter? November no, November twenty ninth. What what does that matter my, in anything? My, my, my buddy's birthday was yesterday. Yeah. And what's your so, point? And uh, my point is, uh, happy birthday. <laughs> oh, you want to mention his name? No. Okay. okay. Jeff, give a shout out to Jeff. All right. Shout Jeff out Jeff. Birthday. And since we're shouting out, if the gang at the Saturday night club, as like Saturday afternoon, no Saturday morning club. That I called. If if you, if the gang is listening or one or two, shout out to you also. Welcome to Don't Bring Up God. But go on, say something meaningful now. Oh, uh, dude, I, I love you. I love you, man. Uh, All right, let's not happy, let's happy stop. Sunday. With, happy Sunday to you. Let's Come on, st- you're a good guy. Let's Come on, stop man. with the mushy stuff. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, but we really shouldn't now that you mention it. Love should be spread more and more. And in between guys, too. We're so scared to say that word, especially to another man. I mean, I love the board guy. I really do. I love everybody. I, I have no grief or, or beef with anybody. So spread the love as God directs, right? You got you got it right, man. It's all about love. It's all about love, brother. It's all about love. I'm gonna get Be I'm safe. gonna get weekly cards from the board guy now about true love and dedication and all that. I I don't put it past him. You don't need to do that, board guy, just in case. But hey, go bro, ahead. Put, put a peace put a peace sign up. Put a peace sign up, man. All right, peace. Yeah. Bye-bye. Love and peace. Thank you. All right, we got another call at six ten. 720-7900. Who's this? This is Paul. Morning, Rob. How you doing? What's happening? Hey, listen, you love everyone. Well, God bless you. I don't. <laughs> well, I agree. You know what? Hey, Paul, before you start, I got I to gotta say something to you here. And don't get offended because this person said the same thing about me from time to time, okay? but. Go ahead. But she says, did you ever hear that? Did you ever see that thing on uh, Saturday Night Live called Downer Debbie? It's like, it's like everybody will be talking so happy and enthusiastic okay. and everything. And all of a sudden, Downer De- Debbie will say, you know, 
many people are born with a disease, blah, 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 and she'll bring everybody down. And every time she says that, the music goes, and she said that you and me uh, half the time, but she said that we we sound like Downer Debbie when we're so negative talking about the world's crapola. So she says... It's yeah. like mrah, mrah, when you yeah. and I talk sometimes. I just I thought it was funny. Well, this might be it. Listen. Always there to tell you about a new disease, a car accident, or killer bees. You beg her to spare you, Debbie, please, but you can't stop Debbie Downer. <laughs> and like I said, every time she she stops conversation, <laughs> she'll say something negative, which is hilarious out of context. That's what makes it so funny. And then the music will go, <laughs> what's your response to all that? <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's, uh, I'll give that some thought. And uh, yeah, it, it's true, but... You know what? The other part of it is, it seems like, and here it comes, but it yeah. seems like the Decepticons and the Liars have won or are winning. But you know what? But are we just being objective or, you know? No, I agree. I agree. These things should know. be talked about that you bring up and that I bring up from yeah. time to time without question. I just, I just yeah. thought it was no. a hilarious comment. I can't get <laughs> off that. No. Rah, rah. Uh, take, take that with a grain of salt. Exactly, and exactly. And, and I'm, I'm glad, too, and I'm but, glad you uh, have a good sense of humor about it. But, yeah, yeah. No, we got to roll with it. But, all right. Uh, you but know go what? on. I, go I on. The whole, the whole thing is, you know, we know who wins at the end, so we just keep our eyes on Jesus instead of what's going on in the world. But exactly. The other, but, but part of it is, don't just sit, don't just stand back and watch everything happen. Get involved. Step up. Well, if you can, if you have some kind of outlet to help and maybe change things, absolutely. Hey, what do you think of Trump, I believe, saying himself that he's going to be indicted? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. This, this is just turning into a circus. I mean, it is. for all the good that, he, that he's done, and, and yet he's the worst. And yet, you know, we got that, but we got, you know, we got, we got, we want to take, take Putin out and stuff like that. I don't know, buddy. We're, <laughs> we're in a bad spot. And like that lawyer said, that Dershowitz guy, who I like for the most part, I don't know how connected he was to that sex island, but he said you can indict on a ham ham sandwich if 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 they want. I mean, they can come up with anything, and it's over this. And I and I thought it was something with banking or business that they dug up. It's the same Stormy Daniels thing. It's it's a personal thing. It's like. Come on, everybody's got skeletons. You know, let yes. it go. Look at all the good that he's done for this country. It's it. This is just getting ridiculous. I mean, look at your January seventh. That that's. I mean, and and then our own side says, "Oh, don't believe the video." Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's a big carnival. Know. It's a big carnival, yeah. and like I said, you said it correctly. Focus on Jesus and God Almighty. Keep your eyes on them. And you'll be yeah. fine. Don't get so don't 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 wear your emotions on your sleeve when they feed you this stupidity. They're just trying to entertain you in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. All but, right. Uh, hey, thanks for the call, so, Paul. Call anytime. Hey, thanks, buddy. Keep up the good work. All right. Yeah. There's oh man. There's that noise I was talking about. Can we hear that again? It's it's funny. It just is. 
That's what they'd play. I, I, I guess I already explained myself. But again, uh, this person said the same thing about me from time to time. But hey, you can't ignore both sides of an argument or a predicament. Talk about the good, but you got to talk about the bad that presents itself also, don't you? You, you can't be ignorant to that. One more time, board guy. <laughs> In fact, maybe instead of the baby sound, you can play that when you have a beef against me, board guy. <laughs> All right. For, for you that saw it on Saturday Night Live, I'm sure you're chuckling. For you that didn't, I'm sure you're chuckling also. Hey, we got a call. Who's this? Hey, morning, Joe. What's happening? Hey, I got, I got a lot of static. Am I coming in pretty clear? You're good. You're good to go. Okay, great. Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, like you said, I mean, it's reality, but if, if you guys are Debbie Downers, then what could, by that standard, a measure uh, presenting and exposing evil, then what, what are you saying about God? Because the entire Bible exposes evil and what are we going to call God a, a Debbie Downer? No, no. you're right. Uh, I agree 100%. I was trying to make that clear. Uh, yeah. You can't ignore what's going on out there, and that includes the evil and the incredible evil that's taking place. Right. Ephesians 5.11, it says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Or- All right. Thanks for clearing that up, Joe, as usual. Can I hear that sound one more time or no? Uh, maybe not. All right, maybe we'll forget about that sound for now. But, hey, all roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again. W-A-E-B, Allentown, an iHeartRadio station. Available everywhere on our free iHeartRadio app. Number one for music, radio, and podcasts all in one.